Hi, and welcome to my podcast, Exploring with Danielle. I'm a certified health coach, yoga teacher, and business owner. In my podcast, I'm interviewing wonderful people around the world, listening to their stories and exploring different areas to find out who they are and what inspires them. I believe that for women, it's so important to reconnect with their feminine energy, to really listen to their intuition and be guided by their inner voice. But if you've never learned how to reconnect with your feminine energy, it can be really hard to even hear an inner voice. And that's why today on the very first podcast, I have Stephanie. She's a feminine embodiment mentor and a women's coach. Her mission is to help women live a fully authentic and fulfilled life in their most radiant, feminine and magnetic embodiment as a woman. I have the honor to participate in one of her events and I really loved her true and honest nature. She's such a kind, loving woman. So I think she's the perfect person to talk more about feminine energy and how to really tap into that and reconnecting with the self. She guides women back to their magnetic power of sensual femininity. And with her work, she creates a unique blend of feminine embodiment, movement, spirituality, manifestation and self-love. I'm sure you will be just as inspired by her story as I have been. To understand who someone is today, I think it's really important to know more about their journey. So Stephanie, I would like you to tell me more about you by giving me a short storyline about your life. Like, did you have important turns, events or things that shaped you into who you are today as a person? Okay, sure. (laughs) So, well, I grew up in a small town close to Zurich. I'm an only child and I grew up there having a very, very, I would say, just beautiful life there um, out in the countryside. And I have always been, I mean, as I've been an only child or as I am, I always had to learn to kind of how do I um, spend, how to spend time with myself. So I've always been very creative and I've always loved to have my own little projects. And so I think this is something that has influenced me up until this point that I've always been so, yeah, I used to have my own detectives club. I used to have <laughs> my own, uh, I had like a horse, a wooden horse in the garden and the other kids would come and we would play um, competitions, different <laughs> competitions. That's amazing. On this poor, poor wooden horse, it had to go many, many hours. And we would take score and everything. And so um, this is like, I when I would look back, I would always say I had a perfect childhood. Everything was perfect. And when I grew up later on, I realized that some parts of being an only child have also, have yeah, they have influenced me also in a way that um, I often felt like I have to be the super nice person. I have to prove that only childs are not egoistic. They're not bad, bad rats, like unbehaved um, chicks. And so this is also what has influenced my work a lot because I came to a point in my life where I realized, wow, something, I have everything kind of, almost everything, but I just don't feel fully fulfilled. And I realized that I've always been, yeah, just been trying to, to be the good girl, you know, to be liked and 
so it's very interesting that this has influenced me to the place I am now and made me or helped me understand what we all take from our childhoods into our adult lives. And there don't have to be, for some people, things that happen are much more um, sad and they're much more... Traumatic, (laughs) maybe. Yeah, exactly. And for others, I mean, I always told when I first went to a kinesiology session, I always told this woman, well, my childhood was perfect. There's nothing we need to talk about. And so when discovering and uncovering, peeling off those layers, I realized, well, there are things, no matter how perfect everything looks on the outside. And so this is, I feel like, one side of being an only child, of being this very creative, wild, open child, which is do whatever she wants to do, would have thousands of ideas, and I was always allowed to lift them out. I mean, I'm very grateful to my parents for this because they, they always supported me in whatever I did. And then the other part, but realizing there were some things that have been told, which, of course, my parents, they did the best they could. This is what they believed was important, but the effect that they that this had on my my future life. When was the moment that you realized, okay, maybe I do have some issues from my childhood, even though at first you thought everything was perfect? For me, it was really when I when I could see that everything in my life was going perfect, but in terms of relationships, it never worked out. Yeah. And yeah, this is really where I realized something there is something I need to look at within myself what helped you to to get over that what do you do so there were different like layers to this but the most important layer was basically that I've always been told you shouldn't have everything because people will not like you anymore so I was always super successful in my work everything just happened I manifested everything so easily also in my in my, I had the, I have the most amazing friendships, you know, there I was always able to go deep very fast and open up. But when it came to love, obviously there somewhere this um, belief of maybe I'm not really allowed to have this. What will other people think of me if I now also have the perfect relationship, if I'm happy there too? And then, but also combined with still feeling like from being a child from this time, like I have to prove that I'm good enough. And so this is in the romantic relationship. This is where this played out that I always felt like, I mean, I also always attracted unavailable men because I was unavailable myself. <laughs> yeah. It's a mirror. I mean, we have to be very honest with ourselves there. I find it fascinating that the one thing that has like been an issue for you is now your also field of expertise because that's what you do you help women to really fully be themselves and how do you see your work using your own stories you know how important is it that you can relate to what they've been through and just you know from your own sources tell them what to do yeah absolutely i mean i feel like we cannot guide anyone in anything we haven't been going through ourselves i feel like there are many people out there Um, coaching in certain areas where for example coaching in relationships when they have been for years in a super toxic relationship and this is for me just you cannot do this Mm. and I'm also very cautious about for example in the relationship area 
I'm very cautious how much I coach someone in this field because I know this is a part where I, I mean, I'm still doing my own work. Things have changed drastically, but I'm still doing my own work. But in the end, of course, it's, I know how women feel who work with me. I know the stages I had to go through. I know how hard it can be to truly be yourself, even if it's this something. I always, I never felt like I'm not myself. I was never a super shy person or anything, not at all. But there are so many um, layers of this. And yeah, I believe that it has helped me tremendously in supporting and doing the work I do. I find it interesting what you said that you always felt like you were yourself. And that's something I've experienced as well, because let's say if I felt in certain areas like I wouldn't speak my truth and I wouldn't stand up for myself, But at the same time, I always was a person that said was I, what, I, what I was thinking. I would never, you know, be shy or anything. And I think that's something maybe that also makes it hard to realize where you have issues. Because it doesn't mean, let's say, if you're not able to speak your truth, that you're automatically shy. Or that you're not able to talk at all with people. That you don't have a good communication. And maybe you could tell us more about how to figure out what patterns you might have even though how you behave might not indicate those patterns so i believe the first step is to really have a deep relationship with yourself and looking back to my life i was never totally disconnected from myself but i was the woman who was i had like my agenda was full i was running from one thing to the other i never really had time for myself And so back in the days, I would also get a lot into victim mentality when it came to what was happening in my dating life. And so for me, I feel like a big indicator that, that you're not fully connected to yourself and your truth is that you often slip into the, this victim mentality. Like, oh, it's, it's all about them. You know, they did, she did, he did. <laughs> the whole world is mm -hmm. mean. And I'm always kind of like being the one who is getting um, punished. And so for me, I feel like this is a, a big indicator to knowing, well, somewhere I'm not really true to myself. And using everything we feel, everything, everything that triggers us and everything negative as like a mirror. So for example, let's say I feel abandoned because my boyfriend said he's coming over, but then his mom called and he's like, oh my God, I gotta go to my mom. <laughs> so, <laughs> so real life example. Um, so, okay, I feel abandoned and I feel like left lonely. And, but then I need to ask myself, where did I abandon myself along the way? That's, that's a really good point. I feel like everything that is happening and I know there is so much like really bad stuff happening. And I feel like we also have to be cautious, not saying, oh, we attract everything or, oh, it's my fault that this happened, but we can use every experience as a mirror and see What, what did I want to learn? I think that's a beautiful question. Asking ourselves, what did I want to learn? And so we always circle back to ourselves instead of circling outwards. And then we will realize, I feel like we often are kind of like numbed out that we don't realize when we're not in our truth. So when we get used to circling back to ourselves, checking in, how do I feel? How does it make me feel? Why do I feel abandoned? What is below it? Maybe I haven't spent real time with myself for a whole week. Or for some people, it's months and years. We just function. 
And so circling back and then with time, you will become much more attuned to where do I speak my truth? Where do I not speak my truth? Where do I maybe hold it back? And I often, for example, felt like, ah, I mean, it's not that important. I don't want to stress about it. And I want to put time and energy into this. And maybe often when you start with spirituality or self-development, you will be all like good vibes only. And, oh, no, I'm not going to put my energy into this. But I believe like a heartfelt fuck you is like, that's a real <laughs> declaration. And that's also like, no, I'm not going to do this. Or you know what? I don't like it. And I mean, we all want to be liked. It's, this is what it is in the end. That's so well explained. I think something that most of us, we fall into the trap of everything needs to be okay. Or if someone makes you angry, you're like, oh no, that's my emotion. I'm not allowed to feel angry. If I would be my center, I would just be all <laughs> sad and I would not be angry. And you really explained it so well that we need to connect with ourselves and then you know if you're over exaggerating and you really need to chill or if you really feel no this is so important I need to step up for this I need to speak my mind so this is really something I, I see very often also in myself and I hear from others that you just mm -hmm. try to keep it all good all the time but that's just not realistic Do you experience that a lot, that you feel, you know, both emotions equally as strong, good and, and bad? Or do you, over time, are more in the good state? Or how do you experience that? Well, for me, um, what I want to add to this expression of the feelings is really this is the feminine, the wild feminine expression, because the feminine is not super curated and pretty and nice, because the structure is the masculine. So the feminine is really like getting it all out. And not being, as you said, I also, I mean, I can so relate to this, like, oh, yeah, I need to, if I'm fully centered, then blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work like that, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, does. it doesn't. And I mean, I always, when I started like, doing my yoga teacher training and all that stuff, I, I always had this illusion of, wow, from now on, everything is going to be light. <laughs> light, light, light. Yeah. And then I came home from Bali and all that super, I mean, yeah, there was a blissful bubble. I was living in there and I, I really crashed. And, but now as I work my way deeper into Tantra and, and all those teachings and also the teaching of the feminine, I came to realize for me, and that's just my truth, that light and darkness, they exist together. One without the other does not exist. And I have never been able to feel so much pleasure and joy as I I'm able now, but the opposite side is that I can also feel pain and, and, and sadness so deeply, but I learned to, to feel it really in my body. So this could be just some moments of like, really, wow, this pain, but it's, it's almost something beautiful or it is something beautiful if we just allow it to flood in and then release. You said you feel it in your body for someone that is not into embodiment and doesn't fully understand what you mean by being in your body what's the difference to feeling something in your body and maybe in the opponent just in your head or what's the difference so we are all brought up and kind of like conditioned to um rationalize our ways through our feelings so something let's say something happens and you start to feel sad Emotions stay in, stay in our bodies for a couple of minutes. 
but usually you've probably also experienced this or everyone listening like the emotions stay for hours and hours and hours and you cannot it's like I fucking don't want to feel it but it doesn't go away Mm. and so this is happening in our minds because we keep on repeating the stories and many of us I know those terms if you as you said if you're not familiar to it it might be a bit of a special concept but we disembody so the moment you're in your head thinking all those stories they cause hurt again so it's a vicious cycle but during this time you're not in your body you're disembodied and many people who suffer trauma um, on a deeper level they of course you had to disembody because this feeling this pain in your body would have been too much Mm -hmm. but now we can learn to release the head release the thoughts and really feel our bodies this is what you teach in your practices right so you have easy methods how you can really get into your body and also allow to feel that pain but I feel like many people are so afraid to feel that pain just because Mm -hmm. yeah why is that or do we not learn how to cope with pain or why are we so afraid of pain I feel like we are all very afraid of pain and fear for the simple reason that no one taught us how to deal with it what to do with it we and we are also then if you go a little bit into spirit spirituality it's often like good vibes only oh no don't be in a bad mood you will not be able to manifest whatever so we try to push it away it's always like oh no i don't want to feel it but then it persists and yeah, we all grew up in a very masculine society and the masculine is in the head, it's not in the body. And of course, I also believe what is happening now in the world is showing us that we obviously, on a collective level, have no clue how to deal with fear. And that, But that there are many, like in the structure we have now, many people and societies, whatever, they benefit from you not being able to feel your feel, fear. Because usually if you would allow it, Yes, maybe you crash down on the floor crying and or punching or whatever for two minutes, but then it's gone. I think the closest thing maybe in our Western society we have to feeling things in your body are those people that maybe do sports when they need to release tension. But at the same time, it's not on a conscious level. So you're kind of doing something for it, but at the end, still not really because you're keeping the things in your head as well. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really cool that we can later connect some of your exercises as well Mm -hmm. on my page so everyone can maybe look Mm -hmm. into it and also on your page how to to use it for themselves because I think it's so important because, yeah, it's just, it's really your life and if you do not learn how to deal with the good and the bad, you eventually will feel numb and I think that's, above all, maybe the biggest fear we should fear if at all we should fear something because as long as we're feeling something I think it's it's a good thing yeah absolutely and I believe that there there is like so much we don't know because usually we do yoga all those things but I have many yoga teachers working with me saying they don't really feel their body so no matter yeah just this allowance of really returning back home and feeling everything and stop putting labels on your feelings. I mean, of course, there are also feelings I rather not feel. <laughs> we all do. But when we start putting all those labels, it becomes even more, um, it becomes even harder 
Do you have the feeling that it can be also counterproductive to sometimes deep, dig in too deep? Like that some people just keep on digging and digging and trying to be even more in their body and try to uncover even more layers. And at some point that becomes an addiction as well. How to know when you've done the work and when it's okay mm -hmm. to stop? Yeah, so I believe there is not no such thing as being too much in your body. Because when you are, then you are enlightened. <laughs> when you can stay in your body yeah. all the time, I mean, that's amazing. I also, I have to, you can't do it, but I know how to get back. Um, but the other thing, I, I totally agree that I see it so often. I also see it in my clients, like this, this addiction to self-development. And that's why I also don't really like the term self-development, because it sounds like a project you'll never finish. Mm -hmm. And it's true, you will always have certain issues, as I said in the beginning, that will come up. But I believe what I'm always telling my clients is like, you know, things that have to be healed, they will come to the surface. You will not have to go, as you said, dig deep for it. But whatever needs healing and is ready to be healed will come to the surface. It will show. It will show in terms of being very triggered. It will show in terms of having emotions like really intense emotions it will show in the same thing happening again and again and of course there are the other people who who have to who never listen where the universe has to slap them 10 times into their face and they still <laughs> get it but for everyone else i would really say say or the base of my work is like you are already worthy and you're already complete so it's more about us dreaming that we are complete rather than becoming something we are not yet yeah that's very well explained because if you start from the point of incompletion you you always want to get something to you but actually you need to have it from within and that's I think also what we need to learn that most of our skills or whatever we need we already have we just need to learn how to discover it uh, yeah absolutely and I mean I've fallen into this trap myself when I went to the teacher training and was thinking oh after this all my all my 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 um, patterns will have dissolved and I was like what the fuck of course then I met this person which showed me quite clearly oh you haven't dissolved your patterns and I was so pissed and it has also been a, a long process for me or just a process to stop you know not thinking oh after this coaching when I've done this course then or when this will happen this will be the confirmation that now I did the work Yeah, and, not waiting yeah. for something to happen, but really yeah. taking every day as it comes. And I think a good example that you also mentioned is when you have someone to mirror you that doesn't need to be necessarily a partner. It can also be a friend or family. Mm -hmm. But I think that's really the most valuable mirror you can get because if things irritate you or if they really cause a lot of pain or anger or whatever comes to surface you really get the chance to to look at it because if I for my for myself I was in India for a few months and doing also my yoga teacher training and I just I felt so good and so connected and I had good food every day I had my practice every day I had like nine hours of sleep every day it was just really everything was perfect so I thought okay now I figured it all out. I'm so ready. I'm so centered, you know, like now I'm the one. And then I got back to Switzerland and it was just a huge cat catastrophe. Like really nothing worked out. I was just eating crappy food. I had no 
you know, intention of doing anything. It was just really bad. And this just showed me in the perfect environment, everything is good, but it Absolutely. really matters once you're in the game, if you can stay, mm-hmm. you know, your true self and do what it's important for you. Absolutely. And I feel like what you said about being in the game, like right now is where we are really in the game. <laughs> Because I watched Gala Darling's um, tapping video last night, like I do every Sunday evening, Monday morning, like she's amazing. And so, and she really said, you know, all the work we've been doing, all that, whatever spiritual practice you have or whatever practice you have, I mean, until now, it was just a warm up. It was like nothing compared to what is happening now. So now is really the time to dig into those practices or and I mean I feel like I've been training for this moment my whole life because I feel so grounded and relaxed and I think we have already talked about it like feeling as inspired as never before but it's because I do the work yeah that's <laughs> that's very true I think it also shows if what you do is just a work that it looks good on the outside or you know it's it's cool to meditate for example or it's cool to do I don't know a, a smoothie bowl or whatever but <laughs> Is it really what is helping you on your journey or is it what you do for others? And especially people that start getting into that whole spirituality, they start to build what I call a spiritual ego because they just think if I do that, that and that, I'm so spiritual, but they, they move even further away from the actual yeah. meaning of the word. So maybe it would be interesting to see what do you do on a daily or weekly basis just to, to be yourself and stay grounded. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's just about being our true selves. Well, I have, I mean, I always do a morning practice, but this is changing every day. What what I do, I do not follow. Like, again, I mean, I really want to channel my feminine side. So I, I, I let things usually um I do what do I do I mean I dancing is like one of the main pillars of of my daily practice and but really like non-linear dancing sensual dancing eyes closing really getting into the body moving I do my embodiment practices almost daily then I have the taught tantric practices of the yoni egg which is my favorite tool ever (laughs) which is in fact like a pelvic on a physical level a pelvic floor exercise but it is very grounding for women and I mean for me my rituals are a lot about the most part is a lot about getting into my body and sensuality and pleasure and orgasms (laughs) like really enjoying myself and when I need more structure, I do more yoga. And I feel like, oh, I'm all over the place. I do more yoga to really get myself a little bit more concentrated. I sometimes also meditate, but I'd, I'd rather do visualization. And one of the main pillars, what I do almost daily, is like really my vision for tapping into the life I want to live. How do I want to feel? What are my beliefs? Like really writing it all out. So every day connecting to this vision. So I can also show up with my work. Maybe you can explain why it's so important for us female to tap into that female energy. Because I also know it from myself. Let's say you have a really busy week and all you want to do is you want to come home and just chill and do nothing. Which is also fine, of course. But if it's your whole life, at some point you will end (laughs) somewhere maybe where you do not want to end. So why is it so important for us to really reconnect with our female self and why are we currently so i mean if you're a woman then (laughs) 
that's the first thing you're not not a man and you're probably your preference is to be in your feminine energy like 99% but most of us women as we've been brought up in a patriarchal masculine society we have all been raised like boys I mean in some kind of way we don't know mother probably has taught a woman her daughter what it means to be in her feminine energy what feminine energy even means like i had a client recently and she said like well feminine energy is giving she wants to give more i said well no (laughs) that's not the fact like the feminine is receiving and being and women really get sick in on a physical or a mental level when we run through our lives in masculine energy only and the thing is usually when we do this i mean we all have masculine and feminine energies but usually we choose toxic masculine energy then to um, to go with because this is what we see in the world. It's like running, pushing, hustling, go, 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 even more, more, more. And then shadow feminine aspects come in of being controlling, being, being manipulative, feeling very needy, unworthiness. This is also typical shadow feminine aspect. And this is what so many women struggle with right like not feeling good enough or feeling needy and we have just learned to just be in our heads and for a woman over time if you always live from your shoulders upwards this will just make you feel uninspired uncreative hormonal issues body issues the range the spectrum is so wide but basically the seat of the woman is in her lower body so if you stay in your head all the time yeah, it's just, it's it goes against your nature. What are things that happen that you've seen maybe in your clients if you're not in your female energy? As with myself, um, as I've experienced for myself in the past, many women struggle with having a relationship, a fulfilled relationship, because they just, I mean, if you are all day in your masculine energy but, and you cannot switch if you're in your relationship, they're going to be two people with masculine energy and this doesn't create any polarity slash attraction. So it's not working. I've seen many women really having problems with their bodies, like especially self-worth, self-acceptance, acceptance of the body, lots of menstrual problems, pain, low libido. They don't feel like having sex. They feel a lot of shame around the topic. They would really love to go to a twerking class, but it's just, there's so much shame or they feel like, oh no, I could never do this. So the spectrum is is very wide. But basically a lot of, also a lot of women who say, you know, I'm just like a go-getter, I'm hashtag false babe, whatever. Um, I get shit done, but in some kind of way, they never feel fulfilled. They never feel happy because they just live outside of their themselves and their feminine nature. The last part you said is quite interesting for me. I think a lot of people would like to maybe know your take on it. Let's, you know, take the example from Switzerland. A lot of women have the chance to have really a good career and take positions in a, on a higher level. Do you think it's it's doable to do it on a feminine way and if so how would you let's say be a ceo from a corporate company you know where you you have to lead maybe a thousand people and really have board meetings with only men how it is at the moment unfortunately and how would you still be able to have your you know intuitive spontaneous female way of doing things i mean i feel like it 
it is absolutely possible and it should be possible. What is happening in the world right now, I feel like it's going to be very beneficial for this so that women who are leading from their feminine are more accepted. Because when I see women who run their own companies, being self-employed, having their own business, their women can really run. I mean, I also run my business from a feminine side. I really... Even sometimes I'm also super tempted to go into the masculine. I just really stop myself. I don't want to do this. And so, of course, there is still a lot of potential that women will be able to do this within a corporate um, private sector company, that this is accepted. But I believe that when a woman truly owns her power, owns her femininity, and is really rooted within herself, then she can do it and she is also accepted for it. But as long as we feel like, oh, you know... I mean, I don't trust my intuition my intuition myself and I feel a little bit shame about saying, well, that's just, I know that this is the right thing to do. Yeah, mm -hmm. so that's really true. I think it's important to realize that if we own it, we are the ones creating the space or the position or the job, whatever. You know, if we really, we're so sure in what we are and what we do that there will also be no doubt from the people around us. Important Absolutely. to remember. So if you could tell me what's your vision for you as a person and for you in your business for this year? I, I used to be someone who always had a very precise goal and I kind of stopped doing that. But my vision for my business is really, I mean, it's, it's my first year being full-time self-employed. So my vision is to really be able to creatively share whatever is on my heart so I can really just go out there and share everything I've learned with all the women I meet and so create a big community of women also supporting each other um, having women empowered having sensually and sexually empowered women like that's my 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 overall vision women being in the feminine and me really being able to flow in this and being financially free and stable and yeah so I can just create and give super freely And super intuitively. That's beautiful. If from all that you've learned now during especially your self-employed time, what is the biggest life lesson that you can take from it? The most important life lesson? I would say there are two. And the first one is, again, you have to validate yourself. Like It's really all about self-worth. And I've been working on this topic for so long. But working for myself, having my own business has opened me up to even deeper teachings on this. It's very easy to feel good about yourself when you have 10 clients who want to work with you. But how do you feel when you have no one sending you a DM or an email? Um, so really, it, it, it all comes from within. Like self-worth, everything, I feel like we are all born worthy. And anchoring in this belief every damn day is like the most important thing I learned and that everyone can do and so right now for many of us we also stripped away from whatever we get validation from the outside jobs whatever so how can you validate yourself every day and then the second thing is really follow your heart and trust I've learned that whenever I felt like oh should I do this mm, but will this generate enough income so I can pay my rent Things would not really work when I, when I would decide, you know what, I'm just going to do what I feel best about and everything will work out. I had the best months. That's really true. I can definitely <laughs> say the same. So I've experienced that as well. And I'm really grateful that you shared 
so many wonderful ideas and your really true self with us. I think we should have more women like you, especially sharing whatever you know so freely. If you, I will link you the Instagram of her as well and you will see she shares every day really so much powerful messages and she's really free in what she gives. So that's what I really, really love about you. <laughs> and I'm you so also much. so grateful that you took your time to do this podcast with me, my very first podcast of yeah. all. <laughs> so Thank the one you. I'm I've... so honored. <laughs> <laughs> it was really so nice. And um, I'm really excited to what the future will bring. And I'm sure we will do one or the other projects together. Absolutely. <laughs> So thank you again. Thank you so much. And stay healthy and safe. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you so much for listening to the Exploring with Danielle podcast. If you've liked what you've heard and you would like to share it with your friends, feel free to do so. And if you would like to connect, find me on Instagram under at Exploring with Danielle. See you soon. Bye.